Hello there. Welcome to the SpreadX 6 brought to you by Who Scored. I'm your host, but I'm definitely not George Ellick, who is off this week. I'm Ali Maxwell, and I'm delighted to be stepping in. Delighted to be stepping in this week of all weeks, World Cup week. And delighted to be joined, as ever, by the expert, Jack Wright. Hello, Jack. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thanks, Ali. How are you doing? Are you, are you World Cup ready? I'm not sure I can fit <laughs> any more information into my brain. Um, we've, we've, we've put them all in the mixer together, all the bits of information, all the trends, uh, and, and we've tried to spit out a few opinions. Uh, I'm not sure how many of them will look good come the end of the tournament, but there you go. I seem to think there are about eight dark horses that will go deep in the tournament. That rarely happens, but maybe one of them. Um, look, the Premier League's on pause. So uh, this week we're going to be looking at the World Cup action, the first few games, the first week or so of, of group action. Jack, I've worked with you before. I know from watching this show, you've got that that heady mix of, of passion for football and passion for betting research. So I can imagine you probably haven't even slept this week getting ready and pouring over stats and trends. Just this week, I think it's stretched back a little longer than that. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's madness. So um, yeah, look at it. It's it's tough because you obviously, unlike with the Premier League that we normally focus on, we've got that kind of easy to work out head to head battles and and kind of consistency of stats. Here we're obviously talking about sides in different continents, playing different levels of opposition, and trying to piece it all together and see what we can we can come up with. So mm. a lot of this this week, a little bit different, is going to be. Yes, stat-based, of course it will be, but also a little bit of what I'm expecting to see from sides having looked at their games and how they're played over the last few weeks and months. I guess there's a, a mixture of excitement and apprehension when that's the case, Jack, because it's, it, it's, it's, I guess it's a bit more risk and reward here. If your stances, if your hunches, if you will, are correct, there's, there's probably more scope to win big than there is uh, in the Premier League where there's just so much data to go on. Uh, but equally, of course, you know it's uh, it's a bit like licking your finger and sticking it up to to test the <laughs> sticking it up in the air to test the wind. It's uh, it's difficult. And of course, when you're spread betting, you know you should always do so um, carefully. Uh, when you're betting at any time, you should make sure that you're gamble aware. Uh, as always on this show, we're looking at the following six spreadx markets: total goals, total corners, total booking points, player goal minutes, multi markets, and match performance. Before I ask. Jack about total goals. A reminder that if you sign up to SpreadX using the link in the description of this video, you'll get a completely free £10 uh, bet to use on a total goals spread bet. Uh, let's start with total goals, Jack. Kick us off. What stands out? Yes, the excitement, the razzmatazz, the World Cup's here, a four-week football and fiesta of fun. Oh, I'm selling goals. What am I doing straight away? Oh, no. <laughs> bring, let's bring it. Let's bring it down. I'm going to sell goals. Why am I selling goals? Well, firstly, that that first match day is probably that tight one, tightest of all of them. Really, no one wants to lose. Um, possibly more so than they're, they're actually trying to win. But sorry, England fans, you might as well don't bother calling in sick on Monday. I'm selling goals in England versus Iran. So stay at work. It's fine. You're not going to miss a lot. Uh, that's my thought process anyway. So look, England got a great record under Gareth Southgate. We know that, especially in the last two um, major competitions that he's entered, as we know, semi-finalists. 
in the World Cup 2018 and last summer's Euros, uh, a penalty shootout away from lifting the trophy. And, of course, they breezed through um, World Cup qualification as well. Um, not only that, top scorers in the European section, 39 goals in the 10 qualifying games. So why am I selling goals in this one? Um, I think the main reason being is it's always been said that tournament football is different from the general qualification. You do need a different mindset. Um, it's a bit of a separate entity as such. Um, mm. Southgate's been under pressure to be a bit more expansive, to to try and entertain a little bit more, and he's kind of resisted that, and he resisted that even in front of the Wembley crowd last summer. So I'm sure he's going to be able to resist that temptation to play Madison and Foden and Grealish and Kane and everyone else attacking-wise he can think of in that, in that. And with the desire, basically, to make sure that they top this group and, and qualify to the knockout stages. Looking back at the Euros last summer and the group stages specifically, opened up with a 1-0 win, followed it up with a 0-0 draw and ended off with a 1-0 win. Two goals for, no goals against, seven points on the board. Thanks so much. Top of the group, we'll progress through and on we go. And I'm sure he would sign for exactly the same thing this time round as well. Um, they only saw three-plus goals in one of the games. Bear in mind, they went all the way to the final. Um, so that's kind of a sum of that. And that game was against a, a kind of very, very tired Ukrainian side that had been all over the all over Europe playing their games and also had um, played a lot of, lot of minutes as well. Um, and in this fixture against Iran, ranked world um, number 20, so um, certainly a, a competitive side. Um, they're up against an equally pragmatic coach in Carlos Quiros, no stranger to the English game, of course. Um, he is a little bit of a stranger to this current Iran side. He only took over in September, so he's just had his fourth um, game in charge of them this time around. Um, only this week uh, in a game which he lost um, his first defeat, 2-0. Other than that, two 1-0 wins and a 1-1 draw. So uh, we can kind of see where that pattern's going already. His first spell in charge a few years ago saw him clock up 100 games uh, as, as coach of Iran. Um, they only conceded 60 goals across that, that run um, and only conceded multiple goals in 12 of those 100 games. So a very, very um, tight and, say, pragmatic coach indeed. I look back at the 2018 World Cup in which he was in charge of Iran for. Um, they um, did lose in the group stage, got knocked out. Um, obviously, they played their three games. They scored two. They conceded two. Um a 1-0 win, a 1-0 defeat, and a 1-1 draw. And bearing in mind that Spain topped that group with Portugal second, shows that the competition was there, that they were very competitive with those two sides that are comparable to England, certainly. So, I'm selling goals to start us off. England versus Iran at 2.25. I, I like that in the intro, we talked about how there's a bit less data to go on uh, when it comes to the World Cup. And yet, you've picked two teams who... I completely agree with you. I think I think we I think we know exactly how they're going to set up. I think yeah. we know exactly how they're going to play. And so I think this is a really really shrewd one to pick out because we can be pretty sure I think <laughs> of how this is going to look. Now, of course anything can happen and when you've got players like England do, there's a chance that, you know, if they get one or two ahead, do Iran open up a little bit maybe, but 
I'm 100% with you here. We've got six years worth of Southgate's England to look at. Yeah. Kirosh, as you say, might have only just joined a couple of months ago, but that's because he's so highly rated in Iran for what he did in his first spell, uh, over 100 games back to look back at there. So selling England v Iran at 2.25, certainly not one for the neutrals, maybe, not one for the viewers, um, but I absolutely understand the logic there. What about corners total corners what's caught your eye what are you looking for here how do you approach it yeah this one might be a little bit of a surprising one but there's a side i'm really looking forward to seeing in this tournament and that that side is canada um under a, a county durham born manager in uh, john herdman former sunderland academy um uh, coach development coach there um it's gonna be interesting to see them pitched up against some of the best in the world and of course they start with a game against one of the best in the world ranked number two Belgium. Um, now, I've seen Canada a few times and they are an entertaining watch and they do like to win corners. So I'm going to be buying Canada team corners here at a line of 3.5. Now, so this challenge is likely to be, well, on paper, certainly a lot harder than what we've been up against before. But I do have a Canadian friend who has assured me Canada will be going all the way and lifting the World Cup trophy um, come December the 18th um, or certainly getting further than England. That's what his reckoning is anyway. Um, as I said, the exciting watch. They've got some fantastic talent. Um, of course, Alfonso Davis is probably their poster boy as far as what they've been up to in recent uh, months. Fantastic achievement and progression under Herdman, who's done well with Canadian women's football um, for Olympics and World Cups as well and is now obviously trying his hand at the men's game and doing a very, very good job of it as well. Um, Davis obviously is known as a rampaging wing-back at, at Bayern Munich, but he plays a little bit more central, a little bit more advanced in this Canadian side. Gives him free reign to kind of um, move across the pitch and, and so then exploit the advanced areas. He's um, Recently, I noticed, been clocked up as being the fastest player ever to um, perform in Bundesliga in Germany um, um, with a top speed of just under 23 miles per hour. So we won't be um, challenging him to a race around the car park, Ali, if that's all right with you. Um <laughs> On the other side, we've got another player that I, I enjoyed watching in the MLS uh, when he was um, playing for New England Revs, um, Tajan Buchanan, um, now playing his trade in Belgium. So it'll be a big game for him, um, but a very tricky wide player, lots of pace. Again, another player likes to go past and um, we'll have a chance of getting at this slightly aging Belgium defensive line, might I add. So... Um, Ardor Elweld and um, Vertonghen are still in that defence, uh, which say they, they were in the last uh, international against the Netherlands, so could well be in this one as well. So I don't think they'll be looking forward to that kind of prospect, as well as having to mark Jonathan David, obviously a, a very good uh, striker, wealth sought after striker as well, um, plying his trade in France at Lille. Um, and again, a player that works exceptionally hard. He's got good pace and will work across the line. So expect to see plenty of um, play in transition, on the counter-attack, lots of pace, getting to the byline and crossing, which will result generally in corners. Now, over these um, games and the stats that I've got, I'm, I'm using the last 10 competitive internationals as my barometer because obviously we don't go too far back. And we also want to make sure it's kind of competitive, although that still does involve lots of sides uh, at different levels. So Canada's average over the last 10 um, is 7.1 corners that they've won. Um, so obviously that is against varying degrees of opposition. Um, they've hit four plus in seven of those 10 internationals as well. Belgium do concede a few. Um, they average 3.9 concession, but four plus in all of their last four internationals. So we've got a really good chance here against the Canada side that can hit high numbers 
on their day and could well do so still even against this Belgium sign that are uh, hot favourites to win it. But we're going to be buying Canada team corners here at 3.5. I've got a pretty clear vision of Canada Canada defence sitting in deep, Belgium probing, wing-backs nice and high up for Belgium. And when Canada winning the ball back, you know, be such a clear avenue of, of, of attack for them to hit the channels outside the, the, the aging, creaking Belgian centre-backs <laughs> and what speed they have in their team as well. And it's not hard to, to see how that could be a, a yeah, good avenue of attack for them and also one that, that takes them into the corners, which is, of course, where um, we're going to start seeing some corners being won from, from crosses deflected out of play, things like that. Mm-hmm. Next up, total booking points. Now, for this market... Uh, booking points accumulate with 10 points per yellow card and 25 points for a red card. So uh, the buy-sell price is, is the cumulative number there. I'm hoping that you're going to be buying here because I love a spicy World Cup game with plenty of cards. Oh, don't we all? This is my favourite market, Ali. Uh, regular viewers will know that I've got a trusty referee's almanac that I pull out and uh, and, and we've um, said made, made the most profit of any of the markets so far this season, uh, generally buying booking points in the right matches. Now, a little bit of a tricky one for us. The, the almanac sits on the shelf at the moment, waiting to be pulled um, to be used because no referees have been announced uh, or allocated to games yet. So we do sit and wait for, the, for that announcement, which does make this a, say, a tricky market to play and also one which could well see that a line that we're buying at, which is 38 here, could well move depending on the referee. So keep an eye out. Um, and obviously, before you pull the trigger on this one, make sure that, you know, one, you check the line and also the referee we've got here. One to look out for um, that I'm particularly looking forward to playing this this tournament just to, as a guide for people is Istvan Kovacs of Romania. Mm-hmm. Um, 456 games he's taken, 2,415 yellow cards issued and 76 straight red cards. So we like that kind of referee in this market. He's also given 141 penalties over that time as well. So plenty of um, plenty of action from him. Um, Danny Asato would be another one that you'd want to have on your hit list as well, the Italian referee too. So so bear that in mind. And obviously, if you drop a comment on uh, on this under this video on YouTube, I'll do my best to keep an eye on that and uh, and give you any feedback on any of the referees that we do get allocated for the game. So anyway, we'll move on to what looks like. I had to pick out basically what game looked the feistiest. And I've gone for Serbia against Brazil. Two sides that come into the tournament in really good form and two sides that I think will want to make a statement here. Brazil, pre-tournament favourites, will want to make sure that they're justifying that and showing that they are going to be the best in the world um, with the talent that they've got to display. And Serbia, who have upset a few sides in the past, will look to say, well, look, we're here to actually get out of the group this time. One thing we should expect from Serbia, though, I think, is not to sit back and defend. They're an attack-minded team. Um, the head coach has gone on record saying that he wants his side to be known as a modern, fast, attacking side, not one that's going to sit back and, and, and say, soak up pressure from Brazil. So we can see them going toe-to-toe here. And I think they have got the ability to actually get under the skin of the uh, the um, the Brazilians, who can be a little bit hot-headed, of course, as well. So expect Serbia to play quite direct, quite fast. They like to get crosses into the box. They've obviously got Alexander Mitrovic up front. Hopefully, he's going to be fit for this one. He has got a little bit of an injury doubt at the moment, but that would certainly add to the... Um, say the heat in the occasion and also the fact that he's he doesn't mind a book in himself um i've looked at the 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 so the, the recent um 10 internationals the serbs have picked up 11 yellow cards in their last four competitive 
Um, and across the last 10, I've seen 42 yellow cards perfectly evenly split. So given the market, we're looking at 42 as an average. Mm -hmm. And Brazil, as you'd expect from South America, a little bit higher, 50 yellow cards and two red cards across their last 10 competitive. That's an average of 55 booking points per game. So we're buying here at 38 currently. There's a few things that I like about this. Firstly, going back to, to your sort of uh, leading into this and talking about your Almanac is so many different things to get excited about ahead of a World Cup. For some people, it's about the the leading lights of the world game, establishing themselves in, in, in footballing history and folklore. You know, Harry Kane might win back-to-back -back golden boots. Neymar might win the trophy for Brazil. Messi might end his international career with the one thing that still evades him. And you are looking forward to the referees. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're all about the refs and, uh, and how litigious they will be or not. And I love that. I absolutely love that. For me, it's about the wonder kids. It's about the new names that will emerge uh, and impress. The second thing I like here is... I was doing a preview yesterday. We were talking about Brazil. We were talking about the pure 1v1 quality that they have in all areas of the pitch, but particularly out wide. And, and I thought to myself then, if there's a market for basically fouls one mm. or free kicks one in this tournament, I would expect Brazil to be strong favourites for that, given the, the 1v1 quality that they have. And, and we were discussing the fact that if you're Serbia, let's say, if you're up against Brazil, you can't. You can't triple team Neymar because you also have to double triple team some of their other attackers and those numbers don't go. So my theory is that there will be so many fouls against Brazil or fouls that Brazil will win because teams will basically if Neymar skips past you, you have to bring him down because you can't risk three or four of your defenders having to come across to deal with him given the talent that they have elsewhere. So I was already thinking about fouls when it comes to Brazil and them winning their fouls. Uh, and, and of course, too many of those accumulation uh, yellow cards will follow. So buying Brazil, uh, buying Brazil v Serbia, I should say, total booking points at 38. Player mm -hmm. goal minutes is one that I always love uh, listening to you talk about. Uh, I guess uh, in general, when you're, uh, when you're buying player goal minutes, you know, You'd love to see one goal, but two or more goals really is the dream, right? Um, I'm, I'm fully on board with the player that you're highlighting here. In fact, I've backed him for the golden boot. Same as me, Ali. Yeah, we're on the same page there. Uh, I was going to say, I've nailed my colours to the mast by, by backing um, Lutaro Martinez as the guy that we're talking about. I've backed him to win the golden boot, backed him for, for player goals in this tournament. Um, we're buying him here at 34. So multi-goals would certainly be very nice indeed. Um, Gold in the second half would do the job, of course, but um, say a couple would be would be the icing on the cake. Um, it's a little bit of a shift from my usual. Um, so regular viewers will know I tend to go with a, a, a low risk, high reward strategy, looking for those kind of uh, more obscure goal scorers, the defenders, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But this one, I'm going for the guy that I think is going to be the leading light in the tournament as far as goal scoring is concerned. For a couple of reasons, Argentina are going to go. I expect to go very deep into the tournament. Um, I've got them as my my, my fancy to win it. Um, so in, in that essence, he'll have plenty of opportunities to score plenty of goals. Um, but also, they've got a favourable group, and it starts here with a game against Saudi Arabia, ranked number fifty-one in FIFA's world rankings. So um, this is the game I'd probably earmark that I'd expect them to score a good few goals, put a bit of a statement out as well. It happens to be the first game um, they've got to play. Um, they've warmed up nicely for it as well, so um, so we should expect that to still actually happen. 
he's also got a fairly decent player that he's playing up front with. So that will help him here mm-hmm. as well. Uh, a guy called Lionel Messi, you have mentioned him already. I'm sure it won't be the last time we'll hear him mentioned in this tournament. Um, and as much as we, we, we kind of wowed by his goal scoring record, I think his assists kind of get a little bit overlooked to some extent. And certainly this season, 17 assists across 24 games for club and country so far is a phenomenal return. And of course, Martinez is going to be the player that's going to be most likely to benefit from that being his closest companion at the top end of the pitch. Um, yeah, Martinez, for those that are unaware of him, he's a very dynamic striker. He's got pace. He's technically gifted, but he's also a very, very good finisher. 7-15 in 15 for Inter Milan so far this season. He's playing up front generally with some like um, Ed and Dzeko there. So a shift of, of, of um, player certainly uh, must be um, quite nice to him coming to international football and, and now be playing alongside Messi. Um, he scored two and three for Argentina this season as well, um, including against Italy in the finalissima, um, which pitched, of course, the copper winners against uh, the um, European champions um, in Italy. Um, seven and 14 in World Cup qualifying as well, which matched and tied with Lionel Messi for the top goal scorer for Argentina in that. Um, recently described, or in 2020, described by Hernan Crespo and Inter Milan and Argentine legend as very similar to Sergio Aguero, so not a bad comparison. And so that was in 2020, and he's probably arguably got better since then, mm. getting a Ballon d'Or nomination in, um, since then as well. Um, and also was described by a manager as one of the best strikers in the world, and that manager was uh, Mauricio Pochettino, who uh, I think knows one of th- two things about Decent strikers haven't worked with a couple in the past. Um, just looking at his overall stats, 59 in 123 games for Inter Milan over the last three and a bit seasons and 21 in 40 for Argentina, including 10 in the last 15. So he's coming into this tournament in form. Expect a statement here from Argentina in their opening game. We're buying La Torre Martinez goals um, minutes, sorry, player goal minutes at 34. Lovely pick, lovely pronunciation. Uh, and in the team multi-market, Jack, you're staying in Argentina and Saudi Arabia. I am, yeah. Uh, again, no referee for this one, so we've got that slight risk. But um, I have discussed the reasons why I expect Argentina to go and um, kind of dismantle Saudi Arabia, to be fair. Um, which, if that p- follows the pattern I expect, should well see then that this game could well peter out a little bit. Um, it could be put to bed quite quickly. One thing Argentina are good at is a fast start. They love scoring goals in the first half. If they do get this this kind of effectively won by half time, then that will automatically reduce the corner and card counts, which is what we are selling here. Corners by bookings at 246 is the line. Um, in World Cup qualifying, Argentina were in front at half time in 12 of 17 of their fixtures. Played a friendly this week. They were 4 0 up at half time. Um, as a result of that, there was nine yellow cards. Sorry, nine yellow cards. No, there wasn't. Nine corners and two yellow cards in that game. So 180 points, which would be a decent win on this market at that sell. And again, looking over those last 10 competitive games, Argentina corners averaged seven in the match. Um, they only average 4-1 per game, so a low low total. They're not going to be throwing the ball into the box, unlike we talked about with Canada hitting the byline and, and, and cutting back and crossing. They're more obviously working through and trying to those intricate passes around the edge of the area. Um, they concede on average three per game. Um, booking points wise, uh, 42, which is quite low for a South American side. 
Um, the average is 14 themselves, obviously generally dominating possession. Um, and 28 against, which is still a relatively low amount considering the, the talent they've got. They've actually picked up no yellow cards, which might surprise a few people in five of their last 10 competitive internationals. They're not kind of the Argentina of old um, as such. Um, as far as Saudi Arabia concerned, their last 10 internationals, competitive internationals, have averaged 7.4 match corners and 37.5 booking points per game. So, yeah, selling at 246 corners by bookings. Okay, remember that that market in particular can be a very volatile one, the line at 246. So make sure that you're very wary of your staking for a market like that uh, and always when you're spread betting. Uh, Lastly, Jack, match performance. Now, this is my debut hosting this pod, but I believe I'm right in saying that, A, you almost always sell match performance, but last week you went rogue. You thought you saw saw something in Spurs against Leeds to make you think... And I quote you, this could be anything. <laughs> so for it to end Tottenham 4 leads 3 with a red card, I'm imagining that that was, uh, yeah, that, that was worth, the, worth the change of tact. It was delightful. It was, <laughs> yes. Everything, everything and anything, and it was, wasn't it? It basically delivered. So, yeah, yeah. Goals galore, cards, red card. Yeah, happy days. Happy but days. But we're are, back to... You're at your happiest when selling, though. um yes we are uh we are and uh we're gonna sorry fans of group b i'm i'm picking on you again here selling the other game in that group having sold goals at the top of the show we're selling match performance here usa versus wales at 72 so um again without repeating myself although i am going to repeat myself without any referee appointment this one is subject to change um and and being volatile given the fact that um obviously the booking points is the the biggest denominator in this this one but um as far as the match is concerned this looks like a really another really tight tie uh, a game I don't think anyone, either of these sides, obviously wants to lose. It's a fairly say, um, standard thing to say. Um, probably both would be content with a draw, get a foothold in the group, get a point on the board, and then move on, knowing that they've got the favourite in the group to come up. Yet, a loss here for either of these sides could probably be disastrous. Um, as something that might be too much of a result to avoid at all costs kind of scenario. Um, and as I say, we should therefore see a fairly tight and cagey affair. That's the expectation for me anyway. Um, and also, both the styles of these sides, I think, are going to cancel each other out. Um, the USA like to play with a lot of width. They like to draw sides on and they tend to like to play behind um, over the top as well. Um, so kind of exploiting any spaces in behind. I don't think Wales are going to offer them that that luxury. I don't, they like to sit quite deep and then play on the counter-attack. Um, Rob Page has done a fantastic job, obviously getting Wales to their first World Cup in a long, long time. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what forward options he goes with. Mm. He can play with three smaller, quick, pacey, um, sort of more dynamic forwards. Um, or we can go with the um, kind of more of the battering ram, the towering six foot four inch Kiefer Moore. Um, fans of the EFL will know very well, although he's performing for Bournemouth in the EPL right now um, and in a decent run of form, which could could tip it in his favour. Um, something else that could tip it in his favour is the fact that at, with his height, he will be an asset defending the USA set pieces, which are quite prevalent for them, including the old long throw, which we might not see too much in this tournament, but we will do um, if uh, USA get a few throw-ins around the edge of the box. So um, that could well say be another uh, string to his bow. 
unlike a lot of fixtures on the, on match day one in the World Cup, we've actually got a little bit of recent form we can pull on here. Um, these two sides met two years ago, more or less to the day, where they fought out a nil-nil draw, which, of course, is the holy grail, as we call it in this market, uh, and picking up minus 25 points, which is lovely if we're selling, which we are at 72. Briefly looking at the corners and the card counts here over the last 10 competitive games. Um, the USA games average um, 8.4 corners per game and um, 5.7 they win only 2.7 they concede so very low corner count there and with wales averaging only four corners won themselves we should see that quite low they concede 4.8 on average so 8.8 as their match total average cards now of course spread x uh here um the point system is five points for a yellow card and 15 for a red so slightly different from the um the standard booking points um and very low card counts for both these two sides. Um, so, again, depending on the referee being announced, we could be in for good form here. 14 is the average for the USA. They average at six points um, per game, uh, four and eight against. They've actually not picked up a card in six of the last 10 competitive games, which is some going. And as far as Wales are concerned, a, a match total average of 20 over the last 10 competitive games, 10.5 Cards four, booking points four, and 9.5 again, so a fairly even split. But there we go. All that considered, this looks a really nice one to sell at 72, referee dependent. Love it. Okay, well, the Group B Ultras will be disappointed <laughs> at what you've said about the two games, selling England via Iran at 2.25 in the total goals market, selling match performances for USA against Wales. Uh, you've been, you're buying Canada team corners at 3.5. You're buying Brazil uh, v Serbia booking points at 38. You're buying Lautaro Martinez goal minutes at 34. And you are selling uh, Argentina, Saudi Arabia in the multi-market at 246 check out spread x for all of these markets and so much more ahead of the world cup jack's given us some brilliant thoughts uh, and tips ahead of the first round of fixtures uh, but of course we'll be continuing throughout the tournament as well so check out spread x for all of those markets and follow the link in the description uh, if you haven't signed up to spread x but you'd like to you get a 10 pound free spread bet as well terms and conditions apply for that make sure you check those out lastly check out who scored for a smorgasbord of stats for the world cup your one-stop shop for all sorts of statistical uh, data and the who scored who scored youtube channel full of good things as well to keep you occupied uh, in between games make sure you subscribe to this channel uh, and make sure that you watch again next week on the spread x six